Hello, friends, and welcome to the Learning Future podcast. I'm your host, Luca Parry, founder and CEO of the Learning Future, and I, I'm really excited about really just this this kind of reflection because we've just finished up a very interesting season of conversations about agency and interdisciplinary learning, metapraxis. And it's been this approach we've been taking to really delve into kind of partnerships with different organizations that are doing really interesting and cutting edge work. And so for those of you that have heard some of the conversations in season five, you'll note that it's been this great collaboration between what's been called the Student Agency Lab uh, and the Metapraxis Project. And both of those two have been run by the Association of Independent Schools of South Australia in partnership with a phenomenal systems thinker called Charlie Leadbeater and another incredible uh, kind of academic researcher educator called Michael Bunce. And so it's been a really interesting learning journey for myself. You know, how do we center agency in our learning systems, in our schools, in our systems? And then how do we move beyond the kind of discrete domains where it's kind of the knowledge for something and move to the idea of transfer for something? You know, being able to use our knowledge to shape the world around us. I mean, they intersected so beautifully that actually we've brought them together. And so what was going to be 10 conversations turned out to be 14. Uh, each one of those first 10 is, is a lesson that's shared by Charlie Ledbeater and he offers a few preliminary thoughts. And then, then what we've, and I think the real brilliance in this is it's just not, it's not a few people speaking about these ideas. We've had practitioners in every conversation sharing their lived experience with trying to bring these into being with the kind of innovations that they've led, the tests, the experiments, the pioneering work. You know, I've really enjoyed this season, I have to say, because I feel like this is absolutely one of the themes that that is one of the principles of the future of learning for all of us. It's the move from the passive to the active. It's the idea and rather than being kind of something that's done to us, we are co-creators. And that is this idea of agency, uh, as it's often discussed. And yes, yeah, so I'm going to just reflect. I mean, the last thing I'd say, I guess, is that there's also two accompanying papers that actually this podcast series has been really lucky to feed into. And so, of course, this our conversations are referenced in those papers. But these papers really set out in quite some detail, you know, what is it that we mean by agency? And how have schools found this successful? Where have been the barriers? But ultimately, you know, I think most of us would sit and agree what's happening now isn't working for everybody. And that's just because of the legacy paradigms we've inherited. So, yeah, let's jump in. Agency and metapraxis. First are the first 10 episodes of season five. You know, and they kind of, they link powerfully to what's called the 10 lessons. And these 10 lessons are... Uh, well, given by Charlie Leadbeater, you know, these are 10 lessons that we can sit with as we try to do the work of really empowering our young people to learn um, and choose to learn, you know, to really delve into the deep capability and, and potential uh, for them to drive their own curiosity um, and for that to take them in interesting places, two interesting places. So lesson one is this idea of learning on purpose. Lesson two, dynamic capability. Lesson three, philosophy, product, practice. Lesson four, a student's bringing it to life. Lesson five, teachers as agents. Six, creating new patterns. Seven, recognizing agency. Eight, strategies for change. Nine, the power of narrative. 
And 10 is this idea of whole school leadership. You know, how do you create an agency school? You know, I think those are just really interesting pieces for us to consider and sit with. So I'm going to just go through each of these because those 10 lessons are linked to the first 10 conversations as well. And, and the paper that, that Charlie Ledbetter has, has written that's been published by the Centre for Strategic Education, CSC, which is entitled Learning on Purpose, 10 Lessons in Placing Student Agency at the Heart of Schools, authored by Charlie Ledbetter and the Student Agency Lab. It starts with this question. You know, we think about how we deliver exams in education systems around the world right now. You know, what if we could only ask one question? What would that question be? Well, Charlie's prompt and the A-Lab kind of prompt is, here's the one question. Show how you can work with others to combine and use your knowledge to create change that will generate better outcomes for people and the planet while doing what you consider to be the right thing. That's it. The school leaving exam is one question. You know, and of course, we live in this world right now where it's incredibly volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous and hyper-connected. You know, this VUCA world that we often talk about here on the podcast. And so this idea is... You know, it's not enough just to, to rest on our laurels and to kind of just think that knowledge with some skill is, is, is going to cut it. It really is this idea. How do you activate? How do you create this dynamic learning ecosystem in which young people are centered as whole people and able to not just have their voice heard and to make some choices, but actually to really be a true kind of co-owner and co-author of what a school is for? So this idea is, you know, agency is not action for the sake of it. And it's not simply offering students more choice from a preset menu. And nor is it giving them, a, you know, a bit of voice, a few post-it notes to give to us as educators. It's about pursuing learning for a purpose and understanding the connection between the why and the how of learning. And so this is really how the paper begins. You know, I'm quoting directly from it. The idea that purpose gives our life meaning and direction to be able to answer questions such as, what do I stand for? What do I care about? Who am I? How do I contribute to the world? What might I want to learn next? What knowledge is really important? So this idea of purpose really being anchored in our identity uh, is so key. And yet, sometimes in our mass education systems, we are still oriented towards the what do you know question as opposed to the who are you, what can you do and what do you know in that order of prioritization. Yeah, so this idea of, you know, really delving into purpose as the starting point for us to kind of look at agency. Lesson two is this idea of dynamic capability and the idea that the winds are at the intersections, you know, bringing two pieces together, a challenge, you know, problem finding, problem solving, knowledge and social personal capabilities coming together, you know, the cognitive world and the emotional world, this idea of the intersections, the kind of this idea of being dynamic in the way that we deliver uh, our curriculum and the way we deliver it and what's kind of beyond um, the curriculum, of course. And so there's this great line, agency does not depend on any one body of knowledge. It becomes the way to integrate knowledge from across the disciplines to see challenges and opportunities from many vantage points. So this idea of perspective taking how do I how do I realize my own paradigm and shift to another p point of view, which you know is is kind of deep learning in a sense as well, and must be a, you know ideally a, a kind of deeply collaborative experience. Yeah, to be a, a capable problem solver, 
of non-routine problems, sometimes called wicked problems. You know, it does require this dynamic combination of cognitive and non-cognitive skills, hard and soft, as they're called sometimes. The cognitive, social, and emotional is how I might reflect on that. You know, yes, academics, but also feeling and connecting as well. Lesson three is this idea of philosophy, product, and practice. And I think this is really fascinating. You know, schools that cultivate agency create a strong connection between these three Ps, as they're offered from Leadbeater, from Charlie, you know. And, and the idea that we can actually start at any point, but we are actually need all three. These are kind of a triad that it's a three-legged stool that without one leg, it doesn't work. But, you know, a philosophy on its own is too abstract. It's not grounded, you know. And so then you can have a product, which is great, but the product might be, you know, just a program after school or a particular lesson, you know. And so the practice element. So when you have a philosophy and a product that's linked with practice, which kind of helps to create this this culture in a school, that is how we might be able to center agency. You know, so having a strong philosophy of students as protagonists in their own learning, developing usable products for teachers and students to use, and embedding those in the daily practices, habits, and routines of the school. You know, this is lesson three. Um, and again, some really wonderful reflections in this paper that are also in the accompanying podcast, episode three. Uh, students bring it to life. You know, time and time again, you know, participants in this lab and in the podcast conversations told stories about how students showed them the way by kind of proving what's actually possible when, when we trust them, when we give them an opening to really share what they're great at. And I reflect on my, my work as an educator and how often there's this drive to kind of save the student or say, oh, this is the role of my, my role as a teacher is to create a scaffold here, which is really strong. But actually... You know, there's some really profound moments. I think even in this conversation where, you know, teachers completely shifted their own sense of what their role is because they saw students as co-creators as opposed to just the users. You know, they actually were brought into the design. Um, but, of course, lesson five, teachers as agents, we cannot talk about student agency without considering educator agency. You know, it's impossible for students to develop agency unless the teachers themselves are agents trusted by the school and the wider system to craft and design learning with students. And students only become agents when capable teachers do as well. This is the same social and emotional learning we know. You know, it's kind of we, we do as we see modelled, not as we're told. And so this idea that actually agency can be at the heart of a school, but it takes every stakeholder group to, to realise that sense of agency. And again, this iron law of co-agency is this, that really we need, we need every, every human being in the human system to really understand, you know, that they are agents themselves. They are agents of change, you know, and we can, we can have power with rather than having power over. Uh, and so this idea of sharing that power in the relation, a real shift in power, uh, is something really interesting, I think, when we look at the future of schools and, and, and kind of innovative progressive models. Lesson six, the idea of creating new patterns. This is so interesting. Um, you know, the idea that there are patterns everywhere in our world. And, you know, we're trying to, as we do work in school, we bring in an intervention or we look at kind of a new project, shifting practice and professional learning, a new curriculum perhaps. Yeah, so much of this is about 
shifting the patterns of school. I, here's the classroom, here's the timetable, here are the bells, you know, here's the high stakes testing, which damages students' well-being, particularly those that already have challenges under those situations. Um, and my reflection here is always what we call cheating in schools in high stakes examinations. We call resourcefulness often in entrepreneurship or in the, the world of work. And so how do we adopt a more flexible approach? Again, there's some wonderful conversations in this podcast where we had a couple of schools talked about different metaphors, you know, where students can continue their learning uninterrupted. Tadachila College started by looking at existing structures such as the Student Representative Council. Yeah, so the idea of looking, actually taking a step back and looking at the patterns that are sometimes unconsciously reinforced is a powerful, a powerful way for us to look at the work that we do in schools. Uh, and frankly, in any human system, in a workplace as well, how agentic do our staff feel? Do our employees feel? Do we feel? Seven is the idea of recognising agency. You know, so this idea that innovative agency schools provide students with a richer array of ways to show who they are and what they can do. And so it's not just a narrow academic test, it's, you know, which ignores all the other capabilities, particularly the social and the emotional ones, which if we listen to the World Economic Forum and the Institute for the Future and the World Bank and UNESCO and UNICEF, I mean, really everybody, you know, they're saying these are becoming the most important skills supported by the kind of the literacy and numeracy and the technical skills. Um, so, yeah, how do we break the boundaries? You know, quantitative versus qualitative, formative, summative, norm reference, norm reference criterion, standards reference, text versus assessment. You know, so there's all these kind of, spaces and the idea of a new recognition system being required i think is really really powerful you know and even when you start making a rubric for agency you know that's it's a really great starting point um because it's, it creates a conversation um as opposed to you got 79 out of 100 on the test lesson eight strategies for change so in episode eight you know we really delved into looking at the different strategies having a philosophy strategy which is a new narrative having a product strategy, which is about new formats and methods, or having a practice strategy, which is looking at groups of teachers together with students that can develop new ways of learning. And so, again, what's really interesting about this is that all the schools in this approach, and, and ASA represents 101 schools in South Australia, here in Australia, uh, you know, and there weren't that many, there were, there were, you know, about 15 to 20, I think, in this particular project. But each school actually had their own strategy. You know, some people started from top-down paradigm, others started from bottom-up, people came in through the side, through a program intervention. And of course, it, it's kind of, they all work as long as we can integrate them back, you know. But the idea that the most effective strategies quickly build on those sources of energy and momentum within the school, there's a really key guiding coalition. Young people are excited about it, educators are excited about it, and we all delve into the unknown together. Episode nine, lesson nine is the idea of narrative. And, you know, as a, as a linguist and I, I guess a storyteller, you know, we understand everything in story, you know, the mythopoetic nature of the world. It's like we construct a narrative even if one doesn't exist. And so a good narrative in this work is one that resonates with both the, the past and the future. You know, this wonderful idea that I think we spoke about in this podcast when Charlie might have mentioned it of, Radical traditionalism or radical orthodoxy, as I've heard Malcolm Gladwell speak to it. And how, 
How do we hold on to who we are whilst also letting go parts of our identity to allow the new to emerge, those green shoots, you know, the new seedlings to kind of take hold? Uh, it's such a great point. Um, yeah, to, to try to dislodge some whilst also holding in place enough of a scaffold and narrative. Um, so, yeah, moving away from the competing, racing, top of the league tables, you know, here we nailed all of our academics, you know, to this idea of creating a structure where actually everybody develops and evolves and there's progress. And, yes, there's growth, a growth orientation as opposed to just a standard orientation, which is to say if, if your young person is at this school, they will grow and develop in really significant ways. Uh, as opposed to just taking a narrow measure of the multidimensional nature of humanness, I think. And finally is this idea of lesson 10, and this was episode 10, whole school leadership. This doesn't work without school leadership promoting this approach, you know? And how do you promote leadership as learning across the school? How do you kind of, and again, some great work from Alma Harris and others around distributed leadership, and lots of great models that some of us might be familiar with, you know, ultimately the best organizations are one where everyone is able to make decisions. And that's exactly the same with young people. You know, how do we convene the kind of school leaders, you know, to be able to become conveners of deep seated cultural and system change across the organization by bringing together people who need to be engaged to make the change happen. And I'm quoting from the paper here, uh, from, from Charlie Ledbeater and the ASA Student Agency Lab School. So this, this idea of convening, bringing people together at an organisational level, you know, shared learning in situations of uncertainty where outcomes cannot be fully specified. I mean, that sounds like the modern world to me. And then kind of scaling that up a little bit, which is the idea of systems. You know, when we think about our work in in schools, they are informed by systems. If you are in a, working in a company or in any setting, there's also a system around which, you know, there are particular requirements. And so there are different conditions that we need to seek, enable, fertilize, kind of bring into being so that we can enable everyone to do their best work every day, learning, teaching, contributing, producing, creating. And from that place, the results you know, really will take care of themselves. Uh, so this idea of systems that are purpose-seeking with new purposes as conditions for change. You know, at schools, it's learning to develop purpose, learning on purpose, and schools as purpose-seeking. Why do we exist? What is a school for? Really deep questions that, of course, move into vision, mission, strategy, tactics, and all the other strategic planning processes that exist in many organisations. You know, how do we invest in the right type of knowledge and underlying capabilities? You know, systems, validating investments in non-cognitive capabilities, vital for learning and student flourishing. I mean, the social, well, social-emotional learning. Many of our conversations on this podcast are focused on this specifically. So, yeah, how, a system based on the philosophy of learning that's not in position for international league tables. So it's one that allows for product and service innovation and new practices to spread young people as protagonists, designers, advocates, and investors in the wider system. It's sounding a bit Web3 now as well for any of you kind of Web3 nerds out there as well. You know, this idea that actually you can be a, a creator, an owner, an, an employee, and an employer 
within that space. Um, you know, I'm really interested to see how, how some of the really discrete practices of when we hire educators, teachers in schools, are students involved? Are young people sitting on the governor's board? Is there a representation? Or do we separate these out in kind of ways that actually holds the structure in a very traditional way? So student leadership on the left, kind of governance on the right, teachers in the middle. You know, I think there's something really about a new pattern of interaction that's emerging across here, which again, and then how we recognize that in a distributed and uh, an interesting way. So that really, I mean, there's some, I really do commend this paper to you as well, if you can read it. I mean, so many wonderful educators were involved across the 10 or so, 12, 12 or so schools that were, were part of the agency lab. Uh, so if you want to find that, just, just have a look at Learning on Purpose. We'll also put it in the show notes as well so you can find that part of the CSE Leading Education series published in February. And then, and then I think I just want to talk briefly about the idea of metapraxis and some of the work of Michael Bunce, who's a phenomenal thinker based at kind of the University of East London, but also works directly with ASA uh, here in South Australia. And this idea of, you know, what, what's the new vision for learning? You know, this project went for three years, 12 schools. And, you know, how do we develop interdisciplinary learning projects? I mean, if we think about our, the world outside of our schools, you know, there is no such thing as, oh, we're doing science now or we're doing English now or we're doing, you know, everything is always integrated and, you know, multidisciplinary, if not transdisciplinary. And so this has really been a big focus um, of some of the work of, of Michael Bunce, who's in the throes of writing his PhD on exactly this. So, you know, this idea of not just knowing, but seeing and knowing and finding hidden connections. And I love a quote that Michael Bunce shared, you know, education is the ability to perceive the hidden connections between phenomena from Vaclav Haval. You know, this mystery you know, which is alive with vibrant potentiality, as Michael would say. You know, inspired by the synergies between creativity and learning and creative arts practice, this project celebrates the development, integration and transfer of knowledge, understanding and cognitive and practical capabilities. So it's a really interesting idea. Uh, and again, it can sound a little abstract, but really what is much closer to what happens in the real world with this integrated, with the learner at the centre of learning, so that the learner operating within a landscape of disciplines, the learner is the disciplinary landscape, is a context existing within and across a complex network of, interesting con of intersecting contexts. I'll just try to unpack that quickly, because even when, I, when Michael was explaining this to me in our conversations around what is metapraxis, I was like, what do you, what do you mean I can be the discipline? How does that work? And it's just about shifting the locus of control so if i am the center of the, if i have agency and i am at the center of my learning well actually i as a learner am the disciplinary landscape and from that i can pull in everything else that i need from my unique vantage point not just in a school or a classroom or in an education ecosystem but actually in a community in a society you know in a global community in a global world so really fascinating idea. And of course, how do you do this? Well, pretty simply, you can just start in schools by thinking about the intersection of knowing and being. And we saw some schools in this project actually, you know, change 
you know, a particular subject into one that was just much more open, the empty frame, as it can be called sometimes, and then seeing what happened you know, as a model of action, personalization. So the idea of praxis and way different ways of knowing. So for example, it can start with one discipline becoming multidisciplinary. So maths, there's a maths class and a science class. Well, now there's maths and science integrated. And so that's a multidisciplinary approach. You have an interdisciplinary approach or even a transdisciplinary approach, which is often supported by pedagogies like project-based learning, which is to say, well, what's the question? And then what domains do we need to explore to bring to bear? And, you know, when project-based learning is done in a rigorous way, I do believe it's the gold standard. In a project-based inquiry learning that is augmented by explicit and direct instruction when required, you know, that taps into the real passion that young people have, you know, deep curiosity for the world around them. And I feel like that can be incredibly powerful. And so particularly as we delve into this kind of world of complexity, you know, the process that we need um, as we go from a discipline to multidisciplinary to interdisciplinary to transdisciplinary to meta-disciplinary. And again, this is kind of, this is the edge of my, my kind of conceptual knowledge at the moment. But yeah, this form of self-determined learning, you know, how do I become the context? And then from that place, I can choose to move in a non-linear way across my own learning journey. As always, you know, making sure that I have the discrete skills required to be able to understand, to synthesize, and then to be able to create. And ultimately transfer, this idea of transfer is something that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, you know, why, I, I do wonder why we just, in our traditional systems, we haven't perhaps had transfer at the center. We've had it as the last act. And, um, you know, Charles Fidel, another good child, who's at the Center for Curriculum Redesign at Harvard, he, he writes beautifully about this in four-dimensional education where he says, you know, we've started at the wrong place. We have, we started with knowledge. That's what we need to know. And then we think, okay, what skills can we apply to the knowledge? We add skills. And then we add kind of capabilities or what capabilities can be created. And then we think about transfer. How might this be useful in the real world? And, you know, I just think about some of the lessons I planned. I use that same method. What's the standard? What's the curriculum? Okay, great. I'll teach that. Skills. Yes, great. Yeah, and then what we'll do, okay, great. We'll have at the end an assessment task that taps into the real world. We'll write a letter to real people, write a letter to the council. We'll create a new design um, using different disciplines. So he says we should start at the other space, which is let's start with transfer. What's required? What can be created? What's the question in the real world? And then let's map from there. Okay, so great. what's required? Okay, well, what capabilities do we need to focus on? what skills are required and what high quality content and knowledge is critical to move us in that direction. Like I find that just such a compelling way to think about the way we redesign our lessons, our classrooms, our professional learning approaches, you know, our learning and development in our organizations and companies as well. You know, it's actually, what's the, what's the thing to solve here? Um, so this idea of agency, converging with, with praxis, I think it's just a beautiful 
expression. So we go from structured to semi-structured to emergent to embedded. And yeah, the kind of convergence between these two approaches that, you know, these schools, these 12 to 15 schools have been journeying um, together on over three years. And, you know, uh, I do hope if you, if you're at all interested across these conversations, four part series for Metapraxis 10 for agency to delve into one or two, because what we do hear from quite a lot are the educators themselves saying, I mean, this was the idea that we had and this is how it went. And, you know, they speak very, very honestly, actually about how they changed through this approach. Uh, and that perhaps being the kind of last, the lasting effect is when we change our own orientation, well, then everything shifts at that point because our belief has changed. Our mental model has been updated. We've let go and, you know, created, you know, taken hold of a new emergent um, position, which is going to be the future for all of us um, as we keep stepping into the uncertainty ahead of us. So there are some interesting reflections. Um, again, a wonderful paper published by the Center for Strategic Education, Learning in a Floating World of Disciplines. Reflections on the Metapraxis Project by Michael Bunce. It's the CSE Leading Education Series published in April 2022. Uh, if you Google that, we'll put it in the show notes. Again, it's really good work. And it was just such a delight to work alongside Michael, Charlie, you know, about 30, 30 or so different educators that came through the podcast, have conversations about their work in schools with young people from primary and secondary context uh, and even early years, I believe. So you know, this idea that, you know, how do we center agency and how do we move beyond the disciplines which for so long have deterministically shaped the way that our schools function. Thank you so much for hanging out for this conversation, a reflection on season five of the Learning Future podcast, a wonderful collaboration with the Association of Independent Schools South Australia and Michael Bunce and Charlie Ledbeater. And, you know, a big thank you as well to Mary Hudson, who's been a phenomenal backer of this, this work, um, and Kat Zollo as well, who for many years also co-led this project. It's really clear that in my view, from my unique small vantage point in learning systems, this is pioneering work and these are the questions we should be asking and asking together. Thanks so much for listening. We've got some very exciting seasons coming up. We're going to continue this collaboration partnership approach. And the next conversations actually will be you know, from a range of different thinkers, designers, educators, authors, entrepreneurs from the Stanford D School, the Hasso Planner School of Institute of Design at Stanford. It's one of the most innovative and creative places I've ever been lucky to visit and work in. I was, I was very lucky to be a, a fellow in residence, a micro-resident there for a couple of weeks, just pre-COVID and into COVID. Yeah, and so again, what do we know about the role of design? And then we think about the way that we continue to change, you know, the way we describe and understand our schools moving forward. Thanks for listening. I'm Luca Parry. And until next time, be well.